Welcome to the Selling Without Sleeves podcast with me, Sarah Jolly Jarvis. I'm here to share with you real life stories from high performing salespeople and business owners, as well as my own insights and learnings around what's working well right now in the sales world, telling things like it is without the sleeves. Good morning and welcome to episode 24. It's me, Sarah Jolly Jarvis, and I'm here today to talk you through selling through any storm. So this is a presentation that I did recently for a networking group. Uh, the networking group, I used to meet them online. Um, I used to meet them in person. And then, um, you know, since lockdown, since all the COVID situation, they've done a great example of pivoting and they've gone online so they're offering their services in a different way um, and actually you know talking to the founder of the organization um, before the presentation began you know we were talking through the way that it has forced some businesses to change and and also to sort of go and move more with the times they're now in a position where they can attract people outside of um, their regular geography um, and they can get more people involved because they're online so you know there are pros and cons um, obviously the these organizations where they're relying on networking and the revenue from there um it, it has been they have been hit by it um, and people are tending to do things online more more free of charge than than paid but um there is the scope still for, with membership with other elements that they put into the mix uh, to provide that um that level of support and service which requires uh, a return of of you know financial return so all good. So what I thought was when I was going through the presentation the other day was actually I could have done this for my podcast if I'd have recorded it. So I thought, you know what, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to re-record and do it for my podcast. And also, you know, talking through the slides, um, I'm going to make that slide deck available so that people can um, can write notes and do all the stuff that you like to do to process information. So Selling Through Any Storm was designed to help people who are feeling reluctant or concerned or um, just not really quite sure where to start um, with selling at the moment for their business. So some people are coming back off furlough, some people never went on furlough, some people have been doing this for quite some time now. Um, but hopefully you'll be able to take some snippets from it. I know the presentation has been really well received when I have done it. So without further ado we're going to crack on so selling through any storm these slides will be available through my facebook group so that is selling without sleeves same um same icon same everything as the podcast like to be consistent there so um putting that into facebook should you know you should be able to find the group within there there are units um over on the left hand side you click on those units there's a productivity mini challenge um, which was run last week within the group and there's also going to be um, a unit for the selling through any storm where you will be able to find a copy of the slides but hopefully uh, as I go through it will be quite evident what I'm talking around and it won't require you too much to do this to uh, to refer to the slides so selling through any storm so a little bit about me, uh, because it's good to start off with a bit of evidence about yourself and, and why people should listen to you. Uh, I've been in sales for over 14 years. That number keeps going up, scary amount of number. Uh, and, you know, sales and marketing, always for large multinational organizations uh, until I started uh, dabbling with startups around nine years ago now. Um, you know, I negotiated sales ranging from 90 pence, obviously not a major negotiation there, um, to one-off items um you know 
to £750,000 a year contracts. Um, so a real sort of range there. You've got obviously the 90 pen to one-off items. Um, they were things that you would expect people to repeat by. Um, obviously, you'd never get a salesperson out in front of a customer for 90 pence. It would be mental. Um, but the expectation is, is that the volume was there um, to justify that. Um, the contracts, uh, they were obviously much, much longer sales processes, much more conversation, um, lots more people involved um, and, you know, tended to take a, a much longer time to come to fruition. Uh, but they didn't chop and change as much. So um, a real mixed bag. Uh, I'd run, I've run four startups. Um, I'm now a, you know, the co-founder of um, Full Spectrum Agency and Selling Without Sleeves, which is obviously my sales training side of things. So that's a little bit about me and what I do is I, I ha- work with entrepreneurs. They've got a great product or service um, or they're in a concept um, stage. Um, they've got a great concept, but they need sales and marketing support in order to get them in front of their ideal customer and successfully convert them. And that's where I come into my own. I love working with people who are really good at what they do, but what they do isn't the sales and marketing. I work with clients in two ways. It's either one-to-one or in a group setting. Um, so the group setting is the academy, uh, one-to-one, you've got, uh, different program structures, um, but you can find out more information about that from me. Um, so I won't go into further detail. Clients, I've had a crazy range of clients from authors, hypnobirthing trainers, food producers, um, beauty product producers, yoga instructors, government relation agents, acupuncturists, architects, dietitians, um, you know, to name a few, uh, it goes on and on. Um, it's been really lovely uh, to work with so many different people and I long may that continue. Uh, the key thing that binds all these people together is their desire to increase their sales and do it without feeling sleazy um, and, and underhanded. So that's where I come into play. So really, as far as industries are concerned, people say, oh, what industries do you specialise in? And I don't uh, because it's about the method of sale. It's about you and your ideal customer and adapting, um, you know, the sales process for the two of you. So, you know, it can, it is really varied. I tend not to do work as much um, from selling from stage um, and and one to many uh, just because of the the nature of the people that I've been working with. Um, But it is something obviously that I've done in the past uh, when I was a member of a sales team. Um, should I be selling right now? Now, this is probably the only thing in this presentation which comes to life with my little flow chart. So um, if you do want to head over and download the slides, then this slide would be pretty much the only one that would make you want to do that um, because it's a little traffic like system. So basically I'm going through, you know, am I being sleazy by selling in the corona crisis uh you know historically people were um when you know lockdown first happened there was a lot of critics out there there's a lot of people who'd clearly decided not to do very much apart from criticize other people for being active participants in their own destiny and so um there was a lot of criticism online of people who were capitalizing and making money from people and taking advantage um and so there was a lot of people that i spoke to who were fearful of putting themselves out there and you know putting their hand up and going hey you know I can help you right now to um, improve your business to you know help your business survive and um, which I, I don't think is preying on people I think it's helping um, why you shouldn't be paid to help 
I do not know um, when a lot of the critics were people who would normally not get out of bed um, without payment. So anyway, moving on. Um, do people still need what you are selling? So this is the process I went through with people. So I wrote it down into a flowchart. First question, do people need what you're selling? If the answer is no, it's time for a rethink. What can you sell that will help them right now? I had an amazing story actually when I was doing this presentation of a company which was a catering company who um, weren't able to trade a large catering company. Um, the staff were furloughed, you know, everything was stopped and it was like, you know, we're, we're just going to have to wait. And then the opportunity came up, they saw the opportunity with the whole fogging. So um, when somebody has been into, <laughs> it's one of those things, it's like, that was that's an actual word, a bit like furlough, um, you know. It's when people have been in a building, build, been in a in a um, in a place, and then they've uh, tested positive for COVID, and they have wanted to make sure that that place is deep cleaned, um, and obviously uh, it's more effective because it's going and it's putting into the atmosphere, it's falling on everything, uh, rather than um, deep cleaning where you're going around, you know polishing wiping everything um and so they've actually diversified into that and have become a huge supplier um of fogging services fogging services. i just i don't know why i find it amusing um i think it's just one of those words that it's just come out of nowhere um but yeah so they they provide that now and so you know that is a real example of where they've looked they've like we've got staff we've got with people which can do things that we can easily retrain ourselves let's do it um, and I find that sort of stuff really uh, inspiring because it's people like that who will make a difference to themselves and the people they employ um, during this time um, so that you know that question no if you can't time for a rethink how can you help think about your ideal customer think about what they need right now and I should think you know I haven't spoken firsthand to that catering company but I should think that the people they supplied are now the people they are supplying with the fogging services because you know they've probably it's probably hotels and businesses where they were providing catering services before they're now providing these services they've got the no like trust they've got the contacts so it's just providing something that little bit different that they actually need right now so are you taking advantage of people by increasing the costs unnecessarily now some companies did this people got really uh, excited about the fact that certain you know online um businesses who are providing sports equipment and things like that were charging astronomical prices um it's each to their own i feel like they've chosen they've shown their true colors um but you know um it, it is it's what people do it's what happens um do i think that's correct i do think it's immoral um unless your own costs have gone up but um you know it, it's a business decision and it's down to that individual business um and you know sports equipment no one was forcing people to buy sports equipment uh, it wasn't like it was the supermarkets or anything like that who incidentally i was quite impressed with considering what they're normally like um and so yeah you know stop if, if if that's you and you are thinking of doing that, then, you know, I think you need to take a, a little check of yourself and think, you know, um, is this what I want to do? Is this what I want my business to stand for? Is this what I want people to remember me for? Once we're at the other side of this, we're back to some sort of normality and um, and people are, you know, maybe having a choice as to how they spend their money and who they spend their money with. Um, are people going to remember this and walk away? Um, but, you know, 
ultimately people do tend to be quite fickle with their decision making processes and so these things do tend to be forgotten should they be forgotten is another question anyway moving on no if you're not uh taking advantage unnecessarily and in raising your prices then are you jumping on the bandwagon of the corona uh, you know coronavirus and discounts and offers and stuff and i did see those and i did find them a little bit distasteful to be fair um to, to use them as a sort of ungenuine offer opportunities. Um, I saw lots and lots of people who were providing their services for free. I did a podcast around that um, where I was, you know, really appealing to people to not do that. Um, but yes, you know, jumping on the bandwagon with ungenuine offers is, is something, again, quite different um, and something that I think, you know, you need to have a word with yourself about. Um, you, you are better than that, surely, um, to piggyback off these things. So if that answer is a no, again, then, you know, get selling. If you have something that can meet people's needs during this time, you're doing yourself and them a disservice if you do not put it out there. Um, you know, I was offering free sessions, free initial sessions, and I was doing them. So I ch- normally charge uh, a fee for my sort of 15 minute troubleshooting sessions. And I wasn't, um, I was putting out random ones now and again um, as a bit of an offer that people could do them for free. That was my way of helping. That was my way of giving back. I was still providing booked ones that you had to pay for. Um, and I was still going through and working with people. You know, that comes with a, a guarantee that if I can't help you, then you get your money back anyway so you know why shouldn't somebody pay me for my time if actually I provide great value on that call and help them generate more money Um, it just doesn't make any sense to me why you should be the person missing out um, when you were the person who provided the catalyst just seems crazy but anyway um, you know I understand why people were concerned about being criticized but you're not working for your critics you're not trying to sell to your critics you're helping your ideal customer who doesn't tend to be that critic um, unless you're crazy and want to work with people who are really difficult um so your four biggest challenges right now okay um that's there's still (laughs) these things that still exist there's still a fallout um of you know restrictions and also you know the uncertainty of further restrictions going forwards i have friends who are in areas of of more lockdown um and you know these things these these changes are they're going to be here for the for the foreseeable future um at least until um well let's not get into until when because there's all sorts of opinions on this but you know it's not going to be it's not over yet guys and so you know what are these challenges right now well you've got restrictions on trading some people you know have got restricted trading hours some people still can't trade um, as they used to you've got uncertainty around can't find customers who want to buy you know there's an uncertainty in the market right now people are coming off furlough there's a new scheme coming into place in the uk but there's still uncertainty over how that's going to work, what that's going to look like and how that's going to impact people's income. And so, you know, people are less likely to want to splash out on things. Um, you know, uncertainty, holiday industry, you know, there's so much uncertainty over will I be able to go on holiday? If I do go on holiday, will I have to self-isolate when I come back? Um, will I lose my money if I choose not to go because I'm self-isolating, yada, yada, yada. And so, you know, it's really important um, that you take these things into consideration and think about the impact they're having on you. For some of you, you don't have to look too hard. Um, and unfortunately, you know, it, it's looking at how you can make people feel more confident in order to be able to buy from you now. 
You've also got meeting your customers' needs with current resources. Anybody who's doing up a house right now will know that there are weird and wonderful things in short supply. Um, my parents are going through um, <laughs> renovating a property and um, some of the, the weird and wonderful have been uh, skips. So uh, skip hire companies are currently pulled out of place. Um, super busy with people wanting skips. I think that a lot of people, particularly in the, from a DIY point of view, have been sat in their houses looking at it thinking, crikey, I want to change this and this and this. They're not going on holiday. They haven't been spending their money on anything really but food and entertainment. And so they're now in a position where they're like, you know what, I want to I want to make these changes. These changes have got too much for them. Um, it's a bit like parrots, apparently, um, on a absolute different side note. Parrots... Um, the popularity of parrots has gone down and the amount of parrots being rehomed and um, because people are around them all day and they're actually too disruptive, um, which is quite sad. But anyway, um, back to the key point, which is, you know, there are lots of resources out of stock. So skips are difficult to get hold of and um, plaster is difficult to get hold of because of a supply issue and then the backlog of, of demand. So, you know, there's lots um, there's lots going on where there's restrictions and, and how can you sell somebody something if you can't get the uh, the raw materials to uh, to do it. And the other thing is mindset. So, you know, people's biggest challenge right now is mindset, you know, one of. And I've seen that time and time again, and I would say actually this is the biggest, is, you know, not being able to see around the problem, the immediate problems, not being able to to work around things, um, not a criticism in any way. Um, it's been a real shock to the system. Who would have thought 2020 would have worked out like this? But it has. And so, you know, that knock to the mindset, that knock to the thought process, um, you know, being aware of how um, important you are, how, you know, the impact you can have on your ideal customer, being confident with that um, is, a, is a key element. Um, so, and, and a real challenge right now. It comes down to overcoming these things tends to come down to four things. Now, this is this is relevant whether it is outside of um, crisis situations, changes in circumstances, mass changes of environment, um, or whether it's every day. Um, when I speak to customers, it comes back to the same four fundamental things, which is knowing your customer, knowing your market, being clear on your message and your language and what you stand for. And knowing your, your value, what value you provide to your customer, okay? So the value of your product or service. Um, and obviously in last week's and the, the previous week's podcast, um, when I was talking to Chris, we were talking around the fact that, you know, it's not, it shouldn't be related. It shouldn't, you shouldn't relate it to your self-worth. Um, it should be what you're looking at with value. What's the outcome? What's the value of the outcome to your client? Um, you know, if they're able to increase their sales themselves, then, you know, having a share of that pie is is fair. So the first one, knowing your customer. I have a series of questions. It, there's no, you know, getting away from my 21 questions that I subject all my new clients to, plus a few extra for clarity, um, depending on what industry they're in. Um, but, you know, you want to understand who your customer is, what their lifestyle's like, their disposable income levels, that was really important, their type of job, um, how vulnerable their job was. And, and it's really interesting because um, disposable income and the types of jobs they work in have always been areas of pushback with me when I've spoken to clients about them. They've always been like, well, you know, how am I supposed to know? Um, 
and you know it's it's a best guess it's a guesstimate it's an idea of well you know they've got a decent job they've got a very um safe job they don't have a safe job they've got a very vulnerable job but it's very highly paid you know all these things are factors that you need to take into consideration when you know people felt like their income was under threat um you know that that directly impacted their decision making on what they spent their money on or didn't spend their money on and so you know it's you, you need to be aware of these things um their age what their likes and dislikes are um age is a very much a thing that people push back on um they want a really wide range um so regularly i talk to people who have got a range from like well it's for anybody age between 25 and 60 you cannot tell me that a 25 year old and a 60 year old have the same taste i get you don't want to exclude your ideal customer this isn't a list of 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 exclusions when you're focusing in on your customer you need to be able to understand that person really really well and and you can only do that by by getting to know them and really focusing down on them and um, that's not to say that you would exclude the 20 year old if actually your your target audience is between the age of 30 and 40 um i do like a 10 year age range by the way um, because i feel like outside of that um different things are happening for people so you know people who are in the 30s tend to have a young family um, or are thinking about a family they're in a very different position to people who are in their sort of mid 50s who if they've had children their children are older um and they're you know less reliant on them their lifestyle is very different equally somebody you know pre-children um again their lifestyle is very different um somebody who's at university age has a very different outlook on most things um because it's like a little bubble um than you know being out um of university and in employment so you know it's where they're at what's going on in their lives impacts their outlook on things but also impacts their um you know the the, the way that they would respond and the, the way that they would prioritize what you you do so that's that one if you can know your customer a lots and lots of people when this happened i sent them straight away to look at what was happening to their ideal customer and what's happening to them what, where are their priorities now where do you fit within their priorities what are their concerns what can you do to help them and that's the key thing is is what can you do to help them so it's always important to understand where your customer and your product sit okay what is missing from their lives that you provide what problem are you solving okay are you providing something to enhance their life which is a nice to have let's be honest or is it something that they need like a roof over their heads like childcare, like transport like access to transport um you know what is it that you are doing um and how important is it if you understand how important it is you understand how easy it is to um to get rid of you know, if somebody, um, for instance, I always use nurseries because I've got clients in the sector um, and because I'm very familiar with them myself. Um, you know, if you run a nursery, um, it's a very, very safe thing that people need childcare. It's one of the last things that will go. During this crisis, they had to shut. There was a forced shutting of them um, when we had lockdown. And, you know, that was a real shock to people who ran nurseries because it is normally such a safe environment to be in um, and a safe service to provide. So, you know, you, you can still be vulnerable, but it's not an enhancing, it's not a nice to have. Um, 
it will be one of the last things that go and that is why people were taken advantage of in areas of high demand um, like London where they still charge them full fees for nursery places when they weren't actually open. Um, again, morally, uh, that doesn't sit well with me. That wouldn't have been what I would have chosen to do to, for my ideal customers, to my ideal customers. But, you know, that's totally up to them. At the end of the day, the risk of losing your place was so high. The competition for places in those areas is so high. They can afford to do that. Um, is it right? I don't think so. But, um, you know, that's up to that individual organization and how they want to conduct themselves. Knowing your market. Who is your competition? How busy is your market? How noisy is it? How much promises? How many promises? How much false scarcity is there? Um, you know, looking at online, um, the business uh, coaching world online is very saturated. There are lots of people, lots of noises, lots of false promises, lots of people who don't actually know what they're doing, um, coaching people on business, getting poor results and people being suspicious of business coaches, um, for example. Um, and so, you know, it, it's very... Um, important that you are aware of what's going on in my market you know there are lots of sales um, trainers out there um, do they sell in the same way as me no do they get results some of them yes are some of them uh, you know reasonably unethical with their approaches and, and, and teachings I believe so um, so you know people come to me with a sense of um, you know that they've been burnt before they don't trust um you know the the whole they've, they've been to a guru they felt that they've been taken advantage of um and so you know they come to me and there's a level of trust i need to go further to build trust than i would need to normally um because of the the business world because of the business coaching world and also specifically the sales training world um and so being aware of that is helpful because i understand that it will take people longer to know like and trust me before they'll be in a position to buy from me that is perfectly understandable, um, and but it's something I have to work with. Um, how are you unique? So we're thinking USPs here. How do you compare with that within your market? What is your niche? Who are you aiming at? Who do you resonate with? Um, you know, what sort of threats are there to your business within the market? Um, you know, when <laughs> I, I do love the story of Blockbuster. I mean, everyone knows the story of Blockbuster, obviously, don't they? But, you know, the the whole turning down the opportunity to be online and, and to do the, the sort of posting out of um of of films and, and meeting people's needs in different ways. Um and 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 you know then in a position where they couldn't um they you know they didn't take advantage of um an online presence um which resulted in them no longer you know existing um you know they felt like they had the market they felt they were sorted um you know there was a level of arrogance there and actually um you know people's demands people what people were expecting were changing and they no longer were willing to to leave their houses <laughs> to 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 receive um, and to access videos and so on. So, you know, it's it's always worth being aware of where your ideal customer is at and, you know, how much how much uh, scope for change there is within your market. And what are the barriers to entering the market? How protected are you from somebody just copying you? I've worked with quite a few people recently who aren't that protected. And it's looking at, well, what can you do to firm up and, and make those barriers stronger so that people can't come in and replicate what you're doing or, you know, take what you're doing and make it better? And where are you in relation to your product life cycle? You know, is it coming to its end? Is it is it a new thing? Um, you know, there's all this talk on the different... Um, 
coins and, and all that the crypto coins and all that sort of stuff where you know like actually once it becomes popular the kind of opportunity is gone um where is that opportunity what's going on um i do remember oh tamagotchis when i was a child i think they've come around twice since then but you know everyone was jumping on the bandwagon selling tamagotchis you know and there was the in initial demand and then everyone got involved everyone was selling them like the corner shop was selling them and then you know that went off because a new product came in that people were more interested in so it's understanding am i buying into something that's already on the decline um or is it on the way up your message now consistency I just if I just say consistency I feel like I could just move on um you know consistency is key you need to be consistent with turning up you need to be consistent with your message if people want to get to know like and trust you you need to be consistent okay you can't say that you do one thing and then have evidence to the contrary okay the best way to stay consistent is to stay true to yourself I've worked with people who um, I remember one client who was very much my body's a temple. Um, you know, I don't put impurities in there. I'm really conscious of what I eat and drink and everything else. She got a following of people who could relate to that. Um, personally, I struggled. I was like, yeah, you know, I get it. I'm supposed to be well behaved and good with my food, but I do enjoy things that aren't so good for me, um, namely chocolate. Um, but, you know, they were very much you know i i I live this pure life then they got tagged in a post which showed them drunk on a weekend um and you know that really impacted the trust um, and the knowing and the liking from their audience if they just said to their audience you know what monday to friday i'm really good so i can let my hair down on the weekend or you know i like to stay nice and clean eating but i do have the odd blowout and then they would have attracted people of that ilk but they didn't and and so you know that really impacted the the audience's perception of them um which was a real shame because they were actually really good at what they did um but that had a, a really negative impact and took some time to overcome finally knowing your value okay so this is about mindset this is about getting yourself in the right headspace if you genuinely don't think that you are the right option for your ideal customer then don't offer yourself up as the ideal option okay if you think there's something better out there be honest with them point them in that direction um you know if you're thinking actually i'm not great for my ideal customer full stop and the vast majority of people could do better than me then you know it's looking at it and thinking well what can i do to make things better and what can i do to meet my customers needs more than my competitors um you know it's getting yourself in that headspace of actually i'm useful i'm really good at what i do um and i can really help you you can do that using positive affirmations. You can do that by, um, you know, getting a new perspective on things. So, you know, looking at um, testimonials, looking at what you've achieved and thinking, you know what, actually, I'm, I'm pretty good at this. Um, also, looking around and seeing what else is available. You know, if you're looking at competitors thinking, oh, they look amazing. Um, yeah, they look amazing, but they charge, you know, like 10 times what you do. Um then you know where are you with that what where do you sit are they that 10 times better than you um you know by doing that research and benchmarking yourself you can feel a lot more confident okay um over where you are 
and um, and, and what you're offering um, and the value that you're providing. Um, be prepared with questions and objections. One of the main things around confidence um, and, and feeling confident about your particular pricing is that you aren't prepared to going into a call. You're not prepared for those difficult questions or objections. And so you're there, you're distracted, hoping that these things don't come up. Um, and when they do come up, you don't answer them as effectively as you could do because you're not prepared. So key thing there is to get yourself prepared, get yourself sorted um, so that you're in a position where you feel confident. And when you feel confident, you're much less likely to actually be asked the questions. It's one of those things, isn't it, that when you're prepared for it, it doesn't happen. But I'd much rather have that than the other way. So, you know, make sure that um, you've done your research. If somebody's asked you a question that you've thought, God, I wish the ground had swallowed me up at that point, then, you know, make a note of that and and go through that, practice it out loud. Um, And then you can add that to your sales toolkit. Um, so that next time that question gets asked you can answer it really confidently and effectively Um, it's only through practice that you're going to get this and you're only going to get practice by getting out there speaking to your customer understanding where the questions are what their concerns are and then you know using that as an opportunity to learn but then going away Um, and I know that you know people I talk about failure um, and I've been writing about that in my book but the thing is is that it's all right to fail and I don't see things as a failure as a negative thing as long as you learn from it where you start to think oh that shouldn't have happened is where you know you've made the mistake and then you make exactly the same mistake again with another customer because you haven't learned from it and you haven't made any changes so be prepared and know your value so that you're in a position where you feel more confident you know that you can really help this person out um, and that comes across in, in your calls and conversations then there's a little bit about you know where you can find out more or get in touch um and that's out there on the slides if you'd like to you know facebook group selling without sleeves is a great starting point to get to know me that little bit more intimately um and obviously i am the only sarah jolly jarvis on facebook um you know we are quite a limited uh, the jolly jarvises are a limited uh, number of people um so uh so yeah so please do um get in touch if you have any questions um or you know want to continue the conversation and equally that goes for the podcast with information and opinions on what you would like to know um find out more about i've got some questions a q a coming up um in the next couple of weeks because i've had some questions come in um but please do add to those and i will you know get to them um as and when i can okay well thanks for listening today i hope that has been helpful please go along to my group to download the actual slides if you want them to scribble on um alternatively i will see you here next time thanks for listening and happy selling guys bye for now thanks for listening to the selling without sleeves podcast if you enjoyed this episode please head over to itunes or stitcher or wherever you're listening from to leave us a review it's a good way for us to know what you like so we can create more of it 